Okay. Good morning, gentlemen. So we're in a whole new, whole new place today. We're in a new chapter. Good morning, Michael. We're in a new chapter, and we're on a new subject. Um, this is very fascinating, where a woman's husband disappears, uh, at least for uh, he traveled overseas, and uh, doesn't look like he's coming back. And uh, there was some kind of testimony that she, he died, something happened to him, and she decided that she wasn't going to wait. And we don't really have a time frame, but she remarries, and then he shows up. And that's not a good situation, because basically, once he shows up, that means that she's committing adultery with her second husband. And um, the Mishnah said that she can't, uh, the rule is when a woman commits adultery with a man besides her husband, she can't go back to her husband and she can't go back to her, uh, her new husband, her adulterer. She's, she's kind of stuck. We're going to see in the Gemara that um, they kind of left it up to the wife. In the ideal world, if she goes to the Beisden and the Beisden does it, that would be good. But that doesn't work out in every case. And in some cases, she's kind of left to research what's called Isha Daiko Uminsaba, like the woman goes and really investigates. She's, if she's going to marry someone else, she's got to be sure, feel 100% that her husband ain't coming back. It's not like this level of adultery. It's not yeah. like she purposely went out, made herself right, and everything like that. You know... Hey, I got a witness, or I got two witnesses, or it, whatever. It made sense. She knew her husband. She knew that if he was alive, he would try to contact her. Or, or, like, I'm sorry, yeah. so that, we don't, you know, that's it. We don't, we still call her a Zaina, and that's that. It just was an intention. That's what I'm saying. In other words, that's what I'm saying. Is she still mm. on the same level as somebody who just was loose? So to speak? Right, so there's two different cases. One case is where, you know, whether she did her due diligence, and then the other case is that, no, she didn't, and so she was just anxious to move on and uh, uh, didn't, uh, didn't do the research. And so the, but that's what Gamora really is going to grapple with. Um, it must be that there was some testimony that he died. Otherwise, how could she remarry, right? Mm -hmm. So the question really is, when can you rely on testimony and when not? Is, do you need two witnesses? Is it one witness? Does it have to be a kosher witness? Could it even be like a woman who's usually not believed or a servant? What if someone told someone else? In other words, someone told another witness that the husband died. Uh, so is that, uh, so that's really what a Gomorrah is going to get into, and it's going to get complicated, but it's really important. Can you believe one person? Is one person enough? And is there a difference if you disagree with them? When do you have to listen to what they say because they have the information? Or, so let's begin. So, um, the, the only, there is a drop of, there's really three cases, three cases that the Mishnah dealt with. One case was the very beginning where she got, gets in trouble, where she remarried quickly based on some flimsy one witness hearsay testimony. Then we got the second case where there's like two witnesses, but it's not in court. And then in the third case is she actually went to court and the court permitted her to remarry. Those are the three cases. We're starting off with the first case where she was permitted to get remarried, even though it ended up not so good. But our question was, how did it even start that she got remarried on one witness? Like, how, what, what was she based on? So let's see the Gemara. So Melikhtani Seifa, we're going to start again from the beginning of Gemara on Pei Zayin Amad Beis, 87b. Melikhtani Seifa, since it lists in the second part of the Mishnah, 
The second part is Nisus Shalom Bershus Muteris Laksulo. That case, she's allowed to go back to her first husband. She didn't, she basically committed adultery by mistake. You know, she didn't, she, she, uh, um, she, she can go back. So, Shalom Bershus, now what does that mean? It sounds like the wording is funny. It sounds like she didn't have permission, she can go back. She didn't have permission to get me, uh, marry someone else, so why do we let her go back to her old husband? The answer is, Shalom Bershus based in Elab Adim. It means that that wasn't a court procedure, but she had more than one witness tell her that her husband died. So we don't fault her, and then we let her go back. That's the second case. So, Michlal, so from the fact that we know a little more now about the second case, so again, the third case was the Bezdin permitted her. The second case was two witness permitted her. Now we know a little more about the first case, that it was one witness. Now, it ended up not so good, uh, but we want to know what was the basis of following one witness. But at any rate, And in the first case, it sounds like she had permission, and there was one witness, Alma that sounds like one witness was believed. Now, later on, it turns out it wasn't uh, that witness got it wrong, but how did we know that a person can believe one witness? Uh, Nami, we also learned... Uh, a, how do we know that it was best in that first case? I guess that's the assumption. That's the yeah, assumption, okay? Because okay? it... Uh, in other words, because the second case is Shalom Rishus, so that sounds like the first case that she had gotten Rishus. So uh, we don't know for sure, but again, that, that's the assumption at this point. But the, what the, the trajectory of the Gemara is, the assumption is that it was permitted until the second husband showed up. The first husband showed up at the door. In other words, he was across the seas, who knows where. She gets a testimony and we're saying, okay, do you believe that? Does it make sense? Do you, you know, are you going to take the chance? Do you want to wait for more testimony? No, no, she wants to remarry. And so we are allowing her to believe that one witness. So the question is, where do we see a concept that that's enough? Just one person. So, we have, uh, the rule is, we can even accept testimony, one witness from another. We see that usually one, one, one independent verification is enough. Uh, now we're going to go to other areas of Jewish law. Somebody gives you a piece of food and they tell you it's kosher, right? Can you, can you eat it? Right? So, uh, so in this case, actually, we, um, this is on the past. Somebody ate something. And he wants to know, did he blow it or not? Does he have to bring an offering? And a witness comes and says, He said, you ate forbidden fat. He said, no, I didn't. So in that case, he's not required to believe. You don't have to believe someone else when they disagree with what you know, right? So the reason is because it's your word against his. But if you really don't know and you're willing to accept it, Mehemnen. Basically, if somebody tells you something and you accept it and you believe it, it's one thing if you deny it, so it's your word against his. So you, you, you don't have to believe the person, but if you accept what the person says, the Torah seems to give you the right to accept that, even though it's only one witness. So that's the question. Where do we know it from? You, there has to be a source that you can... Follow one witness. I mean, the, basically, the, if the if he ate forbidden fat, he's going to bring a korban, and we're going. The base of Mikdash, the Kohanim, are going to process it and eat it. And uh, if it's really not required to bring a korban, uh, then they'll be doing a sin. 
So it's clear that there is enough belief that this is done, that, that one witness works. So our question is, how do we know it? So Minola and so Tanya, the five lines from the bottom. Oh, it says if a person finds out they sinned, and not necessarily if other people told them. Yochel, um, I would have thought, Now, that's, you don't have to believe other people if you disagree with them. In other words, they said, you ate it. You said, no, I didn't. So then you don't have to believe them. But that's if you're not in denial. But if you find out and you're not in denial, then you are able to believe them and bring the offering. So what's that case? If two witnesses said, you ate forbidden fat, and you're not in denial, maybe I did. I mean, you don't need a puzzle. Two witnesses are the gold standard. There's only one witness. As long as you don't deny and say, no, I didn't. We see from here, basically, we're setting it up that if, if it were two witnesses, the Torah wouldn't even need to speak, speak about that. That's testimony. But even one witness, if it, and now, and if it's your word against his, so you have a right to disagree with someone. But basically, one witness, you have the right to accept. That's what we're trying to prove, and it's believed. So that's, that's what Gomorrah wants to set up. And you see, as far as bringing an offering, one witness is, is enough. And that means that the Torah believes one witness. How do you know you believe? Maybe it has to do with your... I mean, at the end of the day, uh, the Torah believes you, and if you choose to believe, then that's your right. And that's more like you're... We're trusting you. You're being quiet means that you accept it. Because in the case over there, two people said you ate it. And you said, no, I didn't. Putter. Remeir says, uh, you could still bring. And... They asked Remeir, what do you mean? If two witnesses say you did, how can we believe you? So he, he said, two witnesses we can kill a person on. Shouldn't we be able to bring a person an offering? He says, he could say, I did it on purpose, and then he wouldn't bring a korban. So you have to believe a person about his own korban, is their argument. Like, it, that, that's a personal thing. <laughs> you, you know, he... It, the whole idea also is he gets atonement. If he doesn't want the atonement, like he's, he's not in agreement over here. Okay, but, and either way, we're on the last line. I wanted to go back just because we're in the middle of this discussion. Um, the Gemara at the end wants to come out with a proof that one, you can follow one witness even for Torah law is going to be the real, real question here. But the, the original source that we're trying is that you can bring a Corbin based on one witness. And that means that one witness's testimony is enough. That's really the question. So, Resha, my time to come on it. As we turn to today's page, Peiches Amad Aleph. And again, our question was, if a woman whose husband traveled across the seas, and she hasn't heard from him for a year, and she gets some kind of testimony, she's allowed to believe that testimony. Now, if she chooses to believe something phony, fake news, and she marries and he shows up, She's going to have to deal with those consequences. No, people can choose to believe what they want to. That's the, but the question is, are they legally allowed? Does the halacha say that one witness is enough if you decide that it's credible? The Torah, so we're saying that the Torah said it was enough. She, she did get remarried, right? The Torah did accept if she, if she believed it, it was okay. So now the Umar is trying to find the background for that. 
that really one witness is enough. Uh, again, in that case, we're going to see, you know, she should have been more careful. People can choose to, if you want to believe one witness, you know, you could get all kind of quacks out there. Yeah, we believe <laughs> one Mashiach, right? Right, right. That's a qualified, that's, that's not like just uh, cold turkey out there. That's somebody who's got... Five, but eight right, right, right. Right, so even though you believe one witness, at the end of the day, you have to make the decision if the witness is credible and if, there, if, there's, uh, if there's something phony, you know, the... Um, it's almost like, um, uh, so, but the question really is though, is that, a, can you answer to Hashem? Well, I you know to me it made sense and I believed him, you know, or can you say to him, uh, you know, come on, who, that person, he would tell me anything I want to hear, you know, or, the, or, uh, so, you know, that the question is when the, the basic concept that the Torah allows you to believe one. Now, whether, if a person chooses to be naive and believe someone who he shouldn't believe, so that's, he can't blame that on the Torah. The Torah gives him the permission to believe one witness. It's almost like a shame tove, kind of like a reputation. Kind yeah, of absolutely. Like absolutely, right. Um, okay, anyways, back to the Gemara on top of the page. My time, um, so Reisha, my time, let's start again. What's the reason in the first case? Um, why is it that he can bring an offering if he agrees? There's only one witness. If it's because um, um, that we believe the one witness, Baha'i Trebi Alma, when you have two witnesses, uh, and even though he's arguing against two, in whom Mehemnan, you believe the two, the Rabbanan, and he's exempt uh, from uh, an offering. It, the reason must be. It, it's not when he's in denial, we don't believe them, but it must be when he goes along with it. So we're trying to say really the reason the offering uh, they're believed is because he's agreeing with it. A person's agreement with the testimony he's allowed to go. But the question is, where do you see that, that one really establishes something? A person can choose individually to believe a person, but how do you see that we believe the person? So the Gemara now at this point says, Elosvarahu, you're right. We can't prove it, but it's logical. If you have a piece of meat, you're not sure if it's kosher, you're not sure. If also one witness comes and says, I'm sure it's kosher. You're allowed to believe it. So here also, one witness is enough. So Lamar says, me dummy, it's a big difference over there. We didn't know if it was kosher. We didn't know if it was treif. And he comes and tells us kosher. Why not believe him? Uh, over here, she's married. And we're giving her permission to ignore her first marriage and go move in with another man. So she's, she's well, a married woman is forbidden to other man. The assumption is that she's married until proven that she's not. So it's, it's what's called, it's chazik isura. So how do you believe that one witness can, take, can dissolve her marriage, so to speak? One witness comes along, you know, you thought you were married. No, you're not married. You're single. You can marry someone else if you choose. So how do you know that one person can go against past history? That's really the question here. Uh, if somebody comes and says, here, have this piece of meat. It's kosher. There's no history there. Why not believe it? But if somebody says that a, a woman until now could not marry anybody, she's married, she has a husband, she just hasn't seen him in a long time, and someone comes and says, no problem, you can just go marry someone else, 
Uh, how do you know that she's that against this Chaziki Sura? That's belief. Midami, Hasam Lo is Chaziki Sura. Haka is Chazik Isura. The Isser is established. The Eshes Ish. She's a man's wife. Ain't Dover Shiva Erva. You can't change legal status for relations, normally less than two. So our question is, why over here did, were, was she able to remarry based on one? That's where we're at. So Mar said, hello, Damya, this must be similar Katika the Vadi Caliph, where you knew there was a piece of uh, forbidden fat. Vasid Akhavomerli and says, no, Borili de Shumanhu. And over there, you don't believe one witness against the credibility of, of the, the, that it started off as fat, the Lom Hebnin. So here also, you shouldn't really believe one witness against uh, established that she was married. Everybody was at the wedding that she was a married woman, and now one witness wants to say, oh, no, she's not a married woman, he's, he's gone. So Mar said, me, dummy, you can't compare it to this, uh, this case of the fat. If you know something is not kosher, and 100 people tell you it is, they're not believed, because you know, when you know something for a fact, you know, you can have a hundred people tell you it doesn't affect you. Whereas Hacha, Kivan Asu Betray, over here, they're not, they're, not denying, they're not denying that she was married. They have new information. They have information that her husband died. So it's, it's different than that case over there where you're just arguing with people. You know it, this is true, and they're telling you something. They, you don't have to believe something that you know is not true. Whereas over here, Kivan Asu Betray, Mehemna, so if two people would come and you would believe them, you can believe one also. Now the Gemara wants to try a different proof that one witness is enough. Similar to if you're eating food that wasn't tithed and someone tells you it's tithed, you can believe them. Or hectish, uh, if you can believe them that food is hectish, it's not hectish, or it belongs to the temple, or konamus, or if there was a vow certain foods were, were sworn to be forbidden. So what are those cases? Uh, what are those cases that one witness is believed? And we'll see if they're a good comparison. So again, we've jumped into our case, which was a woman who was forbidden, was married as far as we knew. And then we're allowing her to ignore the fact that she was married based on one witness. Where do we get that concept that that one witness is enough over here uh, for her to remarry? That was the question. And so we tried to bring from uh, the Corbin, uh, the, the halacha, the one witnesses believed for a Corbin, and we threw that out because there you're going along with it. You have what to say over there. Uh, so it's not just one witness. It's one witness, and you're confirming, yeah, yeah I guess it makes sense. You know, you, you agree. Over here, she, doesn't, she wasn't there when he disappeared. She has no idea if he died or not. So it's not really... Um, her going along with it in the same way. So our question is that she has no idea did he die. Can she? What allows her to accept this testimony? That's really the question. So we're going to try from other areas of halacha where. So we try to bring from from kashrus, and we say, well, that's a little complicated because uh, over here again, she started out forbidden. So we're going to try to bring from these three cases. So let's see these cases. Hi, tevel, hey, Ask any line. What's the case of tevel? E day. If it's his own food, you know why we believe him that he tithed it? Because even if he didn't, it's, it, it's easy enough for him to do. Something that you're able to be, to take care of, so we believe you about. Because if he wants to tithe, he could. It must be it's somebody else's food. 
So my kasavar. So why would you believe someone else about uh, uh, about your food? If somebody else could fix it for you, you don't have to ask. You can tithe for someone else. So then you'd believe him because that's something they could do. If somebody could have done something, you have no reason not to believe that they took care of it. But if they couldn't have done it without your permission, and he just says, I happen to see it was tithe. Uh, how would you know that he's believed? And so the Gemara itself is saying in a case where all you have is one outside person and uh, he claims to have information, how would we know that you believe him in that case? And Hector... You're not believing that he actually did it. You're believing that he said somebody did it. Correct. That's right. So it's once removed. Mm-hmm. Is that the problem? That's the problem. That's right. Okay. So, and Hector also. E is damim. If uh, it, had, it, it had Kedusha, it was forbidden to you, and now he's telling you, oh, um, it's not forbidden anymore. So you can believe the owner, Mishum Diyadu Lifdosa. In other words, you go to someone's house and he, he says, oh, I just shechted this, uh, this sheep. Have, have a lamb chop. You say, what? That was a holy sheep. That was dedicated. And he said, no, I, I redeemed it. I, I bought it back. So the, you would believe him because he couldn't have done it. You know, so you, why not believe somebody where he might have the information? That's he, not once removed. That's the that, that's the That's the same question. So that's not a proof. We want to know how when it's once removed, your belief. So ikadusha is a goof. Um, now, what about uh, kadusha is dumbim? If it's just I donated the value, you could buy it back. But if it's actually a holy sheep, that's not so easy to redeem. You can't unsheep that. You can't unholy it. So ikadusha is a goof. There is a, a solution. You can go to the court and say. When I donated it, I didn't really mean it. I didn't realize that's to be shoil on your net on your vow. So if he tells you, you, you say, "How can you serve me this lampshade?" I thought you promised that to the temple. He can say, "Well, I I I, I went to the base then and I nullified my promise." Allah the Akhra must be the cases that um, it belonged to somebody else. And he says, "I know the owner uh, asked uh, took it out." And so uh, he goofed him in Ellen, but how would you know over there that he's believed? These are almost like, um, in, in the end, we're saying that we're, we're, we, we don't really know what the source is over there. We're, we're back to our question. When someone else comes with information that affects you, how do you know you can believe them when it's not, it's not something that they could have taken care of themselves? So uh, that case, uh, uh, that proof bit the dust too. Now let's try the third case. Konamas, Nami. That's the case where he promised to, uh, to made a vow and made it forbidden. So if that could be so forbidden that it has kedusha but he could fix it. If the, he could fix it, that doesn't help us. If it's not uh, when a person swears that something's forbidden to him, it's just like he makes it... Um, uh, something forbidden to him. So Edi day, if it's his own, he can always take it off. It must be it's someone else. I know he took it off. He goofed him So uh, the, the, at the end of the day, we haven't arrived at the, um, at, at the solution to our challenge, which is where do we see that one person's allowed to believe someone else uh, on something that they don't have, uh, something that they directly could affect? 
And so uh, uh, all of our, 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 our searches didn't, didn't come to the conclusion yet. So El Amr of Zeru there says, I'll tell you what the reason is over here. He says, Since we made the consequences so severe, the, the strictness that will end up if she remarries without him without being dead, she loses all that stuff. She loses all that stuff. So we're lenient in the beginning to allow her to remarry. So you're right. Really, one witness is not so ay ay ay. It's not such a strong, it's, it's only one witness. But since the consequences are such that we trust that she's not going to jump into this unless she's really sure, so we let her do it. So Gemara said, well, don't be so strict with her and don't be so lenient with her. So Gemara said, Mishum aguna And rabbis really didn't want to let a woman be stuck. So if, if, she, if she's, she feels that she, this is not a risk for her, we let her remarry. Let's look at the bottom tos, uh, tosos here. Um, uh, second, uh, five lines from the bottom. Um, the question is here, can we say that we know that she's going to check? In other words, that the reason she's allowed is that we know that she wouldn't have done it without checking. That's called the daika mitzvah. Um, maybe the reason why is that we can assume that women who were married don't easily uh, uh, marry someone else unless they're sure. It's almost like a, it's a, what we want to call a non-sahadi. Like, we trust that if she, any woman who would do this knows what she's doing. And it's almost like we believe them. And that's a Torah law. So he says that can't be. He says, It's a, it's a rabbinic rule that she's allowed to believe the guy. Now the question is, if he's really bothered by this. If the Torah says one witness isn't enough, how did the rabbis come along and say, well, for Aguna, we're going to let one witness be enough. If the Torah says she's a married woman, how do we say, okay, you want to remarry? Okay, we'll let you. He says, He says, that's not called going against the Torah. He says when there's a little bit of logic to it, and she wants to rely on it, that's not called going against the Torah. It's almost like proof to believe. It's a very interesting um, uh, logic that he's... Uh, you could take that and reverse that, and that, that's the reason for a little white lie. Because right now we're allowing her to make a a decision based on kind of her feelings. Right. right? That's right. right. That's right. Okay. That's right. Okay. So, and the other side of that coin would be when you have to tell a little bitty white lie because of the truth might be produce negative consequences or something like that. So it's a, it, to me, it seems like that's a similar. It, it, but it said a person's allowed to make judgment, their own judgments. Right. right. Yeah. So that's that's right. That's exactly what it is. So the judgment might be that. You know, if I tell this guy the truth, then right. so the all sorts right, of ramifications, but right. So, so the, at the end of the day, though, they they're going to face Hashem whether they made the honest judgments right. or not. That's that's. Right. that's uh, but the idea that a person is allowed to um, believe something that they, that, it's kind of in between. We're we're not we're they're not required to believe it. They're not required to assume that that's enough in this right. case. So in Dini Mominus, we give the aid at 
extra power. He can make us rule. Yeah, but that, that, that's okay. Because over here, though, it was the Shazak Yisura. That so, was the problem. So, one, and so words, shvua can't, you can't make a Shvua. I'm willing to make a Shvua against the Shazak Yisura. No. Right. So that was the problem here, is that w until now she was married. So what can, is it really enough to someone, one witness, what, and, and as we heard, it's not a, it could even be like a hearsay. Someone told me he died. Is That's that enough to like allow her to remarry and marry a new guy and have a new family and and uh, establish? Is that like facts on the ground? What you're saying is one level higher. Yeah, it was like just take take take, take an right. aid. Right. That was the like, Isaac. Right. Right. That's the next one up. Yeah. And and then you would say our assumption is a person wouldn't swear unless he was really. Because of those consequences, does that? Oh, not here. Yeah, yeah. So this, um, we're done with this part of the Gemara, but it's it's really dealing with this in question, which is an important question: when a person can they believe something that went against uh, what we knew until now? That's really the question: can we believe? And it's only a partial testimony. When are they allowed to say, "I'm going to go with that"? Uh, when is that legitimate? Or can they say, "No"? The Torah says you need more. Testimony, and we said that we this Kazal were particularly lenient here because of this idea that they didn't like a person being chained and being stuck, and um, and together with the fact that she we trust that she would look into it, that she would make sure because because we the consequences are so severe. Uh, she can't marry if this happens. She can't go back to him, and she can't marry the the next husband, and her kids will be mamzerim, and she won't have any any payout. And, you know, so, like, she's really going to be stuck if she's got this wrong. And so, because they, they made it that she's going to have to be very careful, okay, so we, we tend to, we allow it. At any rate, so we said, she has to leave both husbands. Now the more is going to look at that. Omarav, like six lines from the bottom. That's because she got married with one witness. But if she had two witnesses, she doesn't have to leave her next husband. They laughed at her. Asagavra. Her husband shows up at the door. Vad Amris Lotetze, you're telling us. She, does, she says, no, I have two witnesses, you're dead. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm not, he's not dead, he's there. <laughs> witnesses can only be an absence of not knowing the truth. But when a guy is standing there, so the Lord said, Lo Srika de Lo she says, who is this? That's not my husband. She lies? So, no, she doesn't recognize him. He doesn't look the same. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, then, if she says that ain't him, why does she have to leave with one witness? The more said, Lo also betray. Two witnesses came, and she says, We traveled with him, and we saw that um, this is, uh, this is uh, what happened. Sometimes these people were in accidents, and they bring them back as a cripple, and they say, This is your husband. And she doesn't look like him, you know. <laughs> So two witnesses said, well, we were with him, you, you don't recognize him anymore. Now, how, is it true that people sometimes don't recognize people after time? Yes. He recognized them. They didn't recognize him. That's because he didn't have a beard. It doesn't take much to change a person's appearance. So Samara said, so, so, train in him. But that's two against two. Um, uh, and in other words, at the end of the day, at least it creates a doubt, meaning that um, um, if there are two witnesses that, that allowed her to get married, 
um, and said that he died, uh, and that, that now the two witnesses come and say he didn't, wouldn't it be two against two? Um, and so, and as we turn the page, and if she has uh, relations with the new man, wouldn't it be, she would at least be a doubt that he's alive? So I, again, a, a question really is, if there are two witnesses that say he died, and she has other testimony that he didn't, uh, you're not allowed to take a chance on doing a cardinal sin. That would be an Ashim Tolet. So why, uh, why would she be allowed to get married? All right, so she married one of the witnesses. So that witness was, was sure that he died. Because he was the one who, who to him, he, he was the one who testified that he died. So the Morris said, yeah, but he goofed about Ashim Tolet. But that have, that's him. But what about her? So Morris says, but Omer is Borili. Um, she says, I'm sure. So the Morris says, then Mila Mamer, what's there? So then, of course, she can remain. I'm sure he died. That's where the witnesses came that he was alive, and then she got married. But if she got married when the first witnesses said he died, and then the other witnesses, we don't make her uh, leave. Uh, where do we see this discussion? Tanya. Shnaim Omrimes, two witnesses came and said, your husband died. Vishnaim Omrimes, and two said he didn't die. Shnaim Garsha, two people said she died. Vishnaim Onosgarsha, Harizalatanasa, if it's 50 50, she shouldn't get married. Vim Nissas, but once she gets married, she doesn't have to get divorced. Vinam Yomitetse, she does have to get divorced. Omrimnam Ryosi, Amisani Yomitetse, when do I force her to get divorced? Vizman Shabo Adim, she had, she knew that there were witnesses that were denied the first witnesses. And then she got married. They but had a, They had a, another, one should have recused itself, right? Because he, he ended up marrying her. Uh, no, we're getting away from that case. Oh, anyway. oh that's done. Yeah, oh, that's done. Yeah, yeah, we switched back. Okay. Yeah. So, but, uh, so now we're saying, um, our question is, what happens when it's 50-50, when witnesses go both ways? So we're saying, uh, Ramana Miosi says then she shouldn't get married because they almost like cancel each other out. But he, even he would agree it depends on the order. That's if they cancel each other out. And then she chose to get married, even though there were two witnesses that said that he was alive. But if she got married based on the witnesses that he died, and then the other witness, So, that she got married, that's when Rav would say she'll get in trouble, where she got married knowing that there was testimony the other way. Lafukim and Rav Bar Yossi, excluding his opinion. He said that uh, I get what we're getting to now is what do you do when there's conflicting opinion and does it matter if she chooses to believe one side or the other? Some people bring this discussion like this. Time and this is about The reason she got in trouble was that she got married and um, uh, before the, the testimony came, um, I'm sorry, the, the reason that we let her stay married was that she got married when the, 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 all she knew was that he died. Uh, but if those witnesses that he didn't die showed up in the beginning and she knew it and then she got married, then she would force her to get divorced. Who is that? Let's like her name, Yossi. Um, we're running into a question here when the witnesses are 50-50 and she chooses to get married, do we allow that? In other words, when there's two, two witnesses said he died and two witnesses said he didn't, and she, so again, if, she, if the two witnesses said he died and then she got married, so that, that's fine. Or at least that's a machlokas, that's two opinions. But the question is, if the two witnesses showed up and then she chose to get married, 
so that's that's where we're having an argument. That's saying it's almost that their justification kind of a thing, isn't it? Um, she's going to take reputation. She's it is, it is. But she does have two to rely on if right. she wants. It's just that there's another two that that she's argue gonna, with them. She's going to pick and choose. Yeah. According to, yeah. According to how her feelings are, right? That, that's yeah. really how it ends up. Yeah, right, yeah, right. Yeah. That's right. Sure. Nice. Rav, a question. Menayim shol yutsu. So the question here is, we are kind of letting her stay married, not like Rabbi Nachman Yossi, that if it was 50-50 and she went ahead and got married, so we're not going to, we're going to let her go with it, so to speak. Mm-hmm. What, what's the rule? Okay, Dr. Yafi is asking what, if the two cancel each other out. So, um, so well, with nothing, she'd have to right. Leave. She should have to leave. Right. So that's Rev Menachem Rev Yossi's opinion that that even uh, when they cancel each other out, the other opinion said that if she married Beheter, meaning that the two witnesses said she uh, he died, so at that moment she wasn't Bechaskasesis, and then she remarried. And then the two witnesses come afterwards and say, they told you that? They got the story wrong. That was someone else who died, right? So it's not so simple. In other words, the Aishas Ish kind of fell off with the two witnesses. It kind of changed. And then now the question is, when we change back, where are we left? Do we go back to the first husband or it's already too late because... We accepted the first set of witnesses, but the um, the the thing that I would say is we're. That's correct. That that's what we said. In other words, if if the two witnesses said that he didn't die, so that the, she really had no testimony to go on at that point. So, but we're still in the middle. The, the more it wants to bring a few cases to see if we can figure this out. Mesiv Rava, the, the idea that we would let her stay married because once she's married already, it's true, we don't know who to believe, but she's already married. So why would we now make her get divorced from the second husband if they can't? It's one thing if they cancel each other out and we say, all right, so just let's just wait. You know, don't, don't, you know, she was married at first and Two witnesses said he died. And two people said he didn't, so hold it. But what about when she remarried and... And then the other witnesses come. And then the other witnesses come. That so... Well, that would be an issue then, because when she got married, she did, her husband, as far as anybody knew, she, they, he was dead, right? Right. So our question is, and this is what, the, what happens if they did come, that he didn't die, and yeah. now she gets married? Oh, no, see, that's a different moment. So the question is, uh, do we let her pick and choose? Oh, that's the one from the... Oh, I see. And so it's, it's similar to our case. So Macy Rav. Rav has a question with the following. Um, basically, we, it's, it's almost like we're letting her choose her destiny. If she wants to take a chance of sinning and be married to someone when two witnesses said her husband didn't die, um, at least not according to Nachmer Yossi, which Dr. Yaffe has a hard time that we were considering allowing her to stay married, it sounds like we'll let her make her bed and sleep in it, so to speak. If she well, that's what happens when I walk into any store that has one mashiach, right? That's one witness, but there's a witness in denial over here. 
they cancel each other out here. They're canceling each other out, and she's choosing which two to believe. If you had two mashkiach right, okay. in one... Right. In other words, one mashkiach says it's kosher, another yeah, mashkiach yeah, says it's not. Right, okay. And so... I, I didn't... Okay, okay. That's the case. I missed the, I missed the point, right. So, so you got to figure out... So now that I have two and two, I'm deciding to pick group A or group B. Right. And Barry's saying, because there's... Somebody says, for sure, he's alive. Why would he even take the risk? Once they cancel each other out, why don't we just go back? She's a married woman. Put her back on the status quo. Nothing's uh, changed. That, right. So that's what, that's what he says. Okay. So our Gemara, though, is, 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 I believe that it's, it's really asking, we seemed reluctant to force her out of the marriage that she jumped into. Because at the end of the day, the two witnesses, she right, had... But she jumped into it before the... Okay. Uh, before all right. The other all right. Okay. But still... Are we going to take sides and say the two witnesses that said he died are liars, and we're going to we're going to we're going to force you to separate from this new husband, and um, we're going to call your kids mamzerim, and uh, you know, and uh, that are we are we going to get involved at this point? So Rabbi says we do. What about when you got a kohen uh, who doesn't want to act like a kohen, the pagu, the panu? Uh, so uh, we're panahim. Um, so uh, let's say a Kohen wants to marry a divorced woman and uh, he's just ignoring the fact that he shouldn't be doing what he's doing. So do we sit back and let him get away with it? No, we panu him. Rashi, what does panu mean? He kohu. We whack him. The kinchu bal korcha. You're a holy person. You get, a, you get away from that. You know, don't do that. We don't let you. We're going to make you holy whether you like it or not. So here also, how are we letting her stay married uh, when there's two witnesses say her husband is alive and the witnesses that she has are canceled out? So hey, what's the case? If she didn't marry one of the witnesses, see, if she's married to one of the witnesses, she could say, you know, I really believe him. He's my husband. Below Kamar Borili, and if if she doesn't say, I'm sure to Srikala Maimur de Pagu, of course we're gonna whack her and say, get out of that marriage. The case is she married one of the witnesses that said her husband died. Very self-serving, right? Her husband died. And she says, I'm sure. But by the the Kohen, we we the Panu, we hit them. Uh, by Kohen, we won't let him. In other words, what happened is he says he's sure that this woman he's married was not divorced. And, and the witnesses say that she was. And, he, and so we don't let him say, I chose to believe this witness. And we, we whack him and we force him to get divorced. So why would, we, why would if we don't let the Kohen stay married uh, when the witnesses cancel each other out, why we, we, would we let her stay married when the witnesses cancel each other? So Mara says, Isra Kunishani. Different, the, the Isra of Kahuna. That's like, a, that's a stronger in a certain way. Or, you boys say, Panu, or maybe the word Panu doesn't mean we whack them. It means the Panu Ba'edim. We, we, we bring them to court and they have to bring testimony. Or, you boys say, Mishabo Eidim Vachaknesis. Or, the witnesses came, um, uh, the, the case was the witnesses came first. And then she got married. The witnesses that, that she was allowed to. Um, that case with the Kohen, I'm sorry, was where the witnesses came first that she was forbidden and he got married. And like Reb Nachman Yossi, that's why we forced him. 
basically we're confused because in some cases we do make them separate and some we don't. And so we want to know the difference. And so we're saying it could be the order. It could be like one opinion. Um, uh, Rav, when he said that she doesn't leave, he says, what does it mean? Um, it means that she doesn't lose uh, her first heter. It means that she is allowed to go with the first set of witnesses. It's almost like when we have no information and the first two come, since they came first, we're allowed to go with that. Where does he say that? So Amar Rav Chadazimna, didn't we learn that already? That if she got married, she can go back. So she is allowed to accept the two witnesses in absence of anything else. Um, uh, did, Rav said, did, was this learned as a halacha? So he said, was one, this was taught together with another teaching. That's only if she doesn't disagree. But if she disagrees, then she doesn't have to separate. But Mayaskina, what's the case? If there's two witnesses, Kimakishu, my hobby. She can't deny two witnesses. She can deny one witness. And that's, she doesn't have to separate because she disagrees with the witness. But if she has nothing to say, then she would have to leave her new husband. We do find one witness is believed. So Gemara said it's true. We do find one witness is believed. Over here, we, we, we didn't get into this. Was the witness a kosher witness? So actually, it could be that it wasn't what we call a kosher witness. It might have been a, just like a, somebody uh, who isn't 100% believed in a court of law. That's a postulatus. Like Rebbe Nechemiah. If you, Torah believes a person um, like one witness, and you would go with the majority. You would believe two women, like just like two men, if they testify he died. If you had one kosher one, uh, even a hundred women would only be like one. So So what's our case? Well, uh, it was only one woman, and a woman isn't 100% believed in a court of law. Would this work like Rebbe A question is, if you had two women, would that be like half and half? Um, We'll, we'll take this tomorrow, Mr. Shaman Shabbos, because uh, we'll have to redo this last, last piece because it's a, it's a little bit complicated about this. Uh, the question here is, was the one witness a 100% witness or was it what we call a half witness? Um, the women won't like this because it, it almost sounds like, wasn't there a, a rule with the blacks that they were like three-tenths of a white, you know? Uh, we're saying like a woman has like, is considered like a half witness. Um, but she's not. It, uh, the case would be that we're not allowing her to stay married because it wasn't full testimony, a testimony that was 100% accepted in a court of law. Okay, have a good Shabbos, a good Yantif, everybody. And, uh,